sometimes it might take a crisis for people to do things differently. And as, as twisted as it sounds, this time frame of how long it might be, nobody knows, right? It could be three weeks, two months, one year. But whatever that time frame is, we can either utilize it to binge watch all of our favorite Netflix, uh, Netflix episodes, or we could use this as a time to reflect and look at ourselves and our business and ask the questions that we normally never ask. So is it too late? Not at all. If anything at all, it took, you could take a look at it as it took an entire world health crisis for that person to finally wake up. And, and I say that not to sound, you know, condescending or mean, but sometimes that's, that's what it is. And even for me personally, I know that in the last one week where everyone is from my team is now working from home and now I'm working from home and now we're doing these daily hellos every day. It has enabled me also at the same time to ask questions and look at things that I normally would never have spent time thinking about, thinking time. So is it too late? Not at all. If anything at all, now it has given you the, a real incentive to really pivot and start doing things differently. You've probably heard that your story is your brand. So how can ordinary entrepreneurs and salespeople like you and me tell our stories in a way that cuts through all the noises in this overcrowded social media world and reach the audience that we want? Join me as I break down storytelling secrets that have helped me achieve over eight figures in revenue, as well as interviewing some of Asia's most prominent names and rising stars to uncover their stories. I hope this show will inspire you to be more vulnerable and share your story to the world because your mess is your message. My name is Gabriel Wong and welcome to the Story Impact Show. All right, so today uh, we have a very special guest with us on this COVID-19 uh, series of the Story Impact Show. And uh, you've probably seen him online, all over social media, his content and his ads. Uh, he's an internet expert, social media expert, uh, international speaker with over 2 million followers on social media and recently achieved the $25 million award from ClickFunnels. Uh, and his name is Peng Jun. So thank you, Peng Jun, for being on the show. Glad to be here. Glad yeah, be. really, really appreciate it. Um, you know, before I even jump to the topic today on the, uh, the, the reason why we're doing this because of the COVID-19 crisis that's going on right now, uh, it's causing a lot of issues in the world. Uh, businesses are being shut down. Uh, and, you know, people are, are losing their jobs. So, you know, I think one of the main things we want to talk about is like, uh, what is your outlook on this? And like, uh, what can we do to even take advantage of the downturn to protect ourselves or to even grow our business? So, you know, before that, I just want to kind of like introduce a little bit about uh, how we even met so that the audience know uh, who you are behind the scenes. Because I, get, I, I got a good uh, understanding or at least like I, I met you before. Uh, and despite all the achievements and everything that, that you have, um, there are some things that really impressed me. I just wanted to share very quickly. So um, I got to know uh, you in, uh, through the ClickFunnels community, right? And uh, I think we got to know each other a bit more during the Mastermind Cruise, if I'm not wrong, right? So for those of you, those of you who are listening, when I, was, when I first met Peng Jun, I was expecting kind of, like a, kind of like a loud, talkative, extroverted guy because that's like, kind of like what you are on stage uh, and online even. Um, but, you know, what I, what I saw was a very different version. Uh, you are a bit more introverted, more soft-spoken. But what was really interesting was that every time you are surrounded by people or when it's time for you to go on stage to add value to people, you kind of like transform into another person. 
Mm. I actually saw that happen uh, during, Quick Funnel, uh, during the Funnel Hacking Live this year, when you were doing the sharing, when everyone was crowding on the table, you became like the loudest person, you brought a speaker. So you, you kind of transform yourself to a different person. And I, I, don't, th I don't think that, was, that is like your natural self. You have to put yourself yeah. out of a comfort zone uh, yeah. in order to do that. So um, my first question would be like, what is your drive behind that? Like, like what, what, uh, what drive for you to step out of that like comfort zone all right, of your, of your non-natural self to add value to people? Here's what people don't see. I, I, I love this question because my whole life, I really have been an extremely shy, introverted person. And I know this is going to uh, sound hard to believe, but my first video, one of my first videos that I can remember was shooting this really super simple brief uh, for this guy that I outsourced to on a platform called Fiverr, um, maybe about 10 years ago, where I had to brief this person on this specific task. And I remember feeling so nervous that I had to shoot myself on camera for that 20, 30 seconds. Um, where I had to meet up with him on Skype um, to, to brief him. And maybe this was 10, 12 years ago, but I will always remember that feeling because that was who I was for the majority of my life. And I think a huge important piece of entrepreneurship and growing and the journey of, all, of it all is developing that muscle um, that is and growing out of the comfort zone and developing these muscles that we, we might not have. So whether it is understanding how to build a funnel online, whether it's running a Facebook ad, whether it's speaking in front of a camera, whether it is speaking in front of an audience, these are all, all type of entrepreneur skill sets. They're all learnable, trainable skills. Mm -hmm. Nobody is born with it. And it is just as long as we can understand that it is a muscle that we can develop, then we will realize that it's up to us if we want to act upon it. Mm -hmm. So for you to be able to spot that, that's, that's really spot on. Because for me to be able to speak on stages and then have like, you know, 70 people crowd around me and do a Q&A, that has not been something that is natural to me. But I developed this skill set and this muscle group so that now it, it, doesn't, it doesn't make me nervous anymore. And, and if we can understand that all skill sets and entrepreneurship is like that, that is how we can become better entrepreneurs. Mm. So what was, what was driving you to actually build that muscle in the first place? I realized that in order to go to my next level of growth, where my whole, when in my initially, when I first started out, my whole goal was just to make money online so that it was good enough for me to quit my job, right? And, and my first few markets was always in the gaming space where I was always behind the scenes, hiding behind the pen name that I used for a very long time. I had many different pen names, but I never had the, 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 the ambition to be out there in the limelight or to market myself under Ping Jun. But I realized that my next level of growth and contribution and adding value to other people was if I could step out of my shell and it was something that was very scary for me and i think it's somehow a, a perhaps maybe it's a it's an it's an i think in many ways it's an asian thing and the reason why i say it's an asian thing is because after running a lot of events in many different parts of the world i noticed this particularly happens in singapore and malaysia which is people will tell me 
Bing Jun, I, I want to be able to do all that, but here's this one thing that you tell me that I, I just can't do or I don't want to do. I don't want to be in front of a camera or be on video. And this really just happens so much in Singapore and Malaysia. And I realized that it's really because of our educational system, the way we were brought up, where standing out is a punishment. If it's like in school, I don't know if in Singapore is the same thing, but in school in Malaysia, if you are punished, you're asked to stand on a chair. Does that ever happen in, uh, in Singapore? Maybe you guys have a better system. Probably just stand outside of the class. Stand outside of the class, right? But, but like in Malaysia, it's like you have to stand on a chair. And it's like, it's seen as a punishment. But in the online world, you have to stand out. And standing out is doing video marketing. It is speaking in front of stages. It is being, because that's the only way to scale and help more people. So mm-hmm. that's what pushed me to learn that skill set. Because I realized that that was necessary in my next part of my journey and growth. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do want to say that like, um, when you do that, right, it's actually really inspiring. Uh, I haven't told you this, right, but one of the first video that I saw uh, you online on Facebook was actually the video about, um, about, I think it was something about Asian being Asian and where like how people will call you like Ching Chong or something like that. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. how you decided to use Ping Jun as a stage team. I think that was, that was honestly a lot of courage. Um, and when I first saw that video, right, I was, I was really inspired because like I had the same mindset because like in Asia, I mean like in Singapore, in, I think generally it's just Asians, right? Chinese, we are not like very, um, uh, we're not generally very loud people, right? On social media. And, and there's always this like, we, we want to protect our privacy or like when I speak online, people wouldn't listen, especially like people in the West, Western part of the world, they wouldn't listen to us, right? So I think there was this like uh, confidence issue and when I started to see um, people like you, people like Dan Lok, for example, started, you know, posting more videos online and stuff like that. And, you know, sometimes even speaking with uh, certain accents or using their name, or like for you, you use, your, you use your real Chinese name. It kind of inspired me to kind of like just step out of my shell as well. So I think you are doing, you know, you are, you are actually helping a lot of people like me, a lot of Asians in, uh, around this part of the world to really step out and start doing video marketing. I, I resonate with that so much because that's, that's really how I felt. I, I felt like, and, and it's just because of who we surround ourselves with. For me, it was a close friend who told me, he said, you know, people in, in, in the US, Ang Mo, can't even pronounce your name. How, how would you expect them to call you by Ping Jun? And, and, and the issue is he really came from caring and wanting the best for me. And that's the ish, another issue as well, right? Um, but I realized that these type of beliefs are really just limiting beliefs. And after going through this journey, if we were to think about like voices that is distinct to us, right? Take a look at Arnold's voice. Why do people love his voice? Now that Arnold's big and he has made it and he's, people's like, oh, look at Arnold, his voice is, it's like, it's, it's, it's so sexy. But when he started out, that's not what people said. Yeah. Right. Same thing for Dan, same thing for myself, you know, the, but when a person has made it, that's like, oh, it makes sense now because that's what makes this person distinct. So I think that a person can look at it both ways. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Another thing that I was um, really impressed uh, when I was kind of like hanging out with you uh, at at ClickFunnels, you were kind of like a mini celebrity to be very frank. Like people were walking up to you even at the airport, uh, constantly asking you for uh, pictures or like asking you questions. And what I noticed was that you, no matter how busy you were, even when you're eating 
lunch or something like that, you, you kind of like stop what you're doing and then you kind of pay attention to them and you would answer them and you would, you know, accept the request of taking photos with them. And I feel that like to a certain point, like I think that it takes certain humility to do that, you know, despite all your achievements and everything. Uh, how do you continue to stay humble? I remember when I first made my first million many years ago, you know, I was so arrogant. Uh, that was also like my downfall and that's another story for another time. But like, like what kept you humble? What's your story behind that? Um, there were many different incidents that happened for me. Um, I, I may not necessarily know um, sometimes, you know, where I want to take my business or who I want to become. But I, I definitely know who I don't want to become. And I remember when I was first starting out, I actually attended an event. And it was actually in Singapore when I was just starting out. Mm -hmm. And at that time, I don't want to mention any names, but there was a very big name speaker at that time. And I remember I, was, I really looked up to this person and I was so excited because I followed this person for a really long time. And I went up to this person asking this person this question. And, you know, I was like a total beginner, absolute new band, and probably... I probably didn't know how to uh, phrase my question correctly, but I went up to this speaker and I said, um, do you have a minute? Can I, have, can I ask you a question? So he said, uh, okay, you have a minute. So I asked my question and then he looked at me and he said, uh, your one minute is up. And then he walked away without answering my question. Wow. And I remember standing there, I was thinking, wow. Um, and that moment was actually very powerful for me, you know, because I, I knew that if somehow I remember thinking like, if I do become successful one day, that's not who I want to become. Mm. So every time I'm still reminded of that moment, like I do not want to be like that guy and I'll never get, you know, uh, let success get to my head. Um, and I also at the same time know that it's, it's very scary to approach someone, especially if a person's introverted. Um, even for me today, if, if I saw like somebody that I really admired, it is tough for me to go up to a person and make conversation. Extremely tough if a person's an introvert. So I'm always trying to reverse myself and putting myself in their position for them to come up to somebody else and whether it's to make conversation, whether it's for a picture, whether it's, that itself is tough. And the last thing you want that anyone wants is to get shut down. Mm -hmm. And that's how I think about it. Um, when somebody comes up to me to ask a question or a picture. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. Um, I wanted to follow up with that with, um, you know, how social media now is all about, there's a lot of like materialism, right? People are always showing cars flashing on it. Not that it's like bad, um, but I realized that you don't do that often or you don't do that much. I have not, if I'm not wrong, I have not seen it. In fact, you wear the same clothes every single day. Uh, what, what is the, the reason behind? Is there any reason? No, I, I, I'm, I'm wearing a gray shirt right now. Yeah, today you're wearing a bit different. Usually you're wearing white, right? And the reason for that is actually because um, everywhere is closed and quarantined. Yeah. I have like 40 of my white shirts still unwashed and I'm out of white shirts. So that's why I'm wearing my gray shirt right now. But that's actually what's happening. Um, but okay, yeah. So to answer your question, I realized that there are two schools of thought right? And um, the first method is to use materialistic stuff like Lambos and bikinis uh, yeah. to attract audiences. And even though it might be an effective way, um, in fact, cost per lead utilizing those marketing 
is actually lower than the usual way of doing it. But I also feel that because it attracts a lot of get-rich-quick mindsets in terms of branding, in terms of long-term um, expect, in terms of expectations, um, it's it's a very different ball game. And and even though it works for some marketers, I know that that's not that's not the direction I want to take mm-hmm. my brand, my business. Also, it's because it's not who I am. So. Um, so that's why I, I don't do it. I don't want to prey on, for lack of a better word, the weaker minded individuals who's drawn by those type of things. Hmm. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, you were talking about like, uh, because now you're in under quarantine, right? So I think we want to get to the topic of like COVID-19 uh, and how this has actually affected a lot of people. Uh, I think the economy now is, is really bad um, for most parts of the world. I think most places right now who are affected by um, the COVID because of the lockdown and everything, uh, there's actually a recession that's going on. And some people are actually saying that like, things are going to get worse before it can get better. Like, what is your outlook on this uh, whole situation from a business standpoint? I believe that this thing is forever going to change businesses. And there's, there's both the short-term and long-term answer to this. Um, Short-term wise, I think a lot of businesses will panic and react. So the first type of reaction that happens is for them to sustain. A lot of people will panic sell. They'll panic sell stocks, assets in order to get cash because cash equals security to a lot of people. So people will be panic buying at the grocery store, but panic selling at the stock market. So that means that depending on the person's financial muscle right now, it means that more than ever, this is when the world is on sale. And that is why more investors make money during downturns and economic slums and recessions more than during good times. Mm -hmm. So that's once from, from an angle of finance and investment, I would say do your best to not let go of assets because the real losers people who lose from economic downturns are always people who sell their assets. Okay. Mm -hmm. Where else the winners are people double down the assets in terms of marketing. um, You probably, you know this, but right now cost per lead attention, everything. Okay. Cost like all the years of running ads on Facebook. I have never seen ad costs decrease, but in last one week, I'd say ad costs has decreased by at least 25% for a lot of our funnels. And the reason for that is because for most businesses that didn't adapt and have some sort of online strategy, uh, the first thing they'll cut is their budget online because they can't do anything to fulfill their offline stuff. So demand is less, but at the same time, supply. Now what is supply? Supply is people's attention on the phone right now because everybody's stuck at home. Everyone's quarantined. It means that there's more attention on their phone more than ever, which allows Facebook to run more ads because there's more supply, there's more time spent on screen. So if we think about that, it means that demand from advertisers has decreased, supply has increased, so price of ads will decrease. So we need to understand where we need to be defensive and where we need to be offensive. So yes, we wanna be defensive in terms of unnecessary expenses to understand our numbers even more, all of that and really tighten up our processes. 
But at the same time, we must understand where to be offensive and where to double down. So I'm double down uh, uh, on, on content creation, even though I've never been really doing Facebook Lives every day. I've been committing to pretty much once every one or two days. Um, we have upped our budgets on our funnels in ads because more than ever, ads are cheaper. Uh, attention is there. So that is where I see um, the attention going and that's how I feel we need to pivot in terms of uh, marketing and, and, and business. Yeah. Um, actually, what was interesting is that just a couple of days ago, I was doing a Facebook Live uh, and I was talking about how like cost per lead is getting cheaper. Uh, again, because of the same logic, right? Demand and supply. Um, you know, there's lesser demand because people are turning off their ads. You know, more supply, people, people are stuck at home. They have to use Facebook. They have to use Instagram. And I was just saying that like those who were prepared and it's like they, were, they have some kind of online presence um, or they were running some kind of, so, I mean, they've been building a social media brand, things like that, right? They are more prepared. They can take advantage of the situation and start to double down their ads. Uh, however, there are, there are a, lot, a ton of people, especially in Asia, um, that weren't prepared. You know, they have been complacent. Um, you know, for example, some of the audience that are watching this, most of my audience are people who are like small business owners. Um, they are in sales, salespeople, service professionals. So they could be doing property insurance. So when times were good, when doing well, uh, they didn't build online presence because they didn't felt there was need to. Right. So what are your like advice to these people who are not prepared? Like, is it too late now to build a brand? Is it too late now to start doing content? Is this a good time? Uh, what, what is your thoughts on that? Right now, the way I, I would think about it is sometimes it might take a crisis for people to do things differently. And as, as twisted as it sounds, this time frame of however long it might be, nobody knows, right? It could be three weeks, two months, one year. But whatever that time frame is, we can either utilize it to binge watch all of our favorite Netflix episodes, or we could use this as a time to reflect and look at ourselves and our business and ask the questions that we normally never ask. So is it too late? Not at all. If anything at all, it took, you can take a look at it as it took an entire world health crisis for that person to finally wake up. And, and I say that not to sound, you know, condescending or mean, but sometimes that's, that's what it is. And even for me personally, I know that in the last one week where everyone is from my team is now working from home and now I'm working from home and now we're doing these daily huddles every day. It has enabled me also at the same time to ask questions and look at things that I normally would never have spent time thinking about, thinking time. So is it too late? Not at all. If anything at all, now it has given you the, a real incentive to really pivot and start doing things differently. Because let's face it, a lot of times people already know that they need to be online. But because, like you said, things are going well and how most people operate is most people operate within the comfort zone. And because it's comfortable, it's enough to pay the bills and some thrills in life, they don't see the need or necessity to learn a new skill or to do things differently. So right now, start doing things differently. Start building up the sales process. Start building up that audience. Start creating content online and create content that meets people based on where they're at in life. In fact, just right before this call, I was on a call with a few F&B business owners. And the main theme was 
really helping these F&B business owners take their stuff online. F&B business owners are one of the, on top of hotels and all, are one of the ones that's hit the hardest as well, right? So what can they do differently? It's just about meeting what the audience is at right now. So if you're an F&B business, for example, then it's about thinking, how can you create an experience for them? Um, so an ex example was like, she, she was selling Xiaolong Bao, right? So it's like, because people can't come to the restaurant, what if it was you creating the kit and saying, these are what our chefs do in preparation of these Xiaolong Bao's every single day. But right now you can experience, not just the same Xiaolong Bao's, but the experience of preparing it with your loved ones at home right now. So we will actually give you the broth, the meat, you know, all of it in a kit. So now you can actually prepare it yourself so that it's not just ordering something from, you know, uh, Grab Food or Uber Eats, but now it's an experience that you can do it with your, your family. Same thing for another person who, who was a gym owner, right? Now, right now, people aren't thinking about going gyms. They're not about thinking about gym equipment, but you could still be selling gym equipment, but the thing that you lead with is workout from home. Workout from home, but then to work out from home effectively, you might need these elastic bands. You might need these dumbbells. You might need these yoga mats. So you're still selling similar items, but you might lead with a different way and change your languaging in order to get people to get the thing that you're selling. If you're a tuition center, instead of physical, it's now virtual. So there's different ways to just pivot with the times. Mm. Yeah. So... Um, you mentioned a bit, a bit about like videos and sales processes. Could you explain a bit more about um, like what should they focus on right now? Because there's, there's, um, there's only limited resources they have. Like if they were to do the first thing, first thing first, like what, what should they be doing first? So let, let's talk about uh, a more specific. So are they like in trouble right now? Do they have trouble paying for their bills at the end of the month? Like how, first of all, how bad is it okay. for that particular person? Okay, so, so that, no, the strategy would be different, right? Whether it's defensive or offensive play. Yeah, so let's talk maybe two, uh, two sides. So maybe one is like um, trouble paying bills right now. What should, we, what should they be doing? And then versus someone who, um, okay, they were, they, were, they were a bit more, uh, they were doing well, right? I mean, they have some reserve right now. It's just business slow down. What should they be doing right now? Okay. So we start with the first one, which is like trouble paying bills. Okay, trouble paying bills. The first thing is always to see which measure on which scale of extremeness does that person need to take, okay? So there's, there's two extremes. Let's talk about what the two extremes is. Uh, one extreme is like what the hotel and airline industry is doing where they're laying off a majority of their force and putting 40 to 50% pay cuts to a lot of people um, and laying a ton of people off, okay? Without notice, overnight, just like that. Now, the other end of the extreme would be an entrepreneur that would have been like me um, who puts too much emotion in the decision-making, which is the team's like family and the ship is sinking, but I'm not going to let anyone go and I'm going to have the whole ship sink together. And this would have been me many years ago um, because I would have allowed emotion rather than logic in the decision-making process. Mm. The middle ground would be if you're losing money, 
but you can still sustain one to two months or three months, that is when you can have the if X, then Y conversations. So if X, then Y would be this, okay? It would be having a difficult conversation first. So step number one is difficult, difficult conversations. It would be, so guys, here's what's really happening. Okay, what's really happening right now is our overheads are this amount of money, but our sales and our revenue is only this amount. And it's only a matter of two, three months before we bleed out and this thing has got to shut down. That's the reality of it all. But what, as... What you're suggesting is actually having a proper conversation with your employees, right? Transparent. Yeah. Right? And, and show them that I want to keep all of you. My role as a leader here is to give you that security. But this is the reality of it all. But here's what we are going to do to navigate you out of the storm. So as your leader, you're going to give them, number one, security, because this in times of uncertainty, this not, the first thing they want is security. Then number two is your game plan on how you're going to shift things around. So let's say if I had F&B business, I would say, okay, so what that means is in order to keep you guys, um, because no one, so like, for example, if you are the waiter right now, because you're not going to be doing that role, your task to do things differently would be, maybe you're going to do delivery. I don't know. Okay. So like for me, it would be, for example, events. I said, there's a good chance we won't be able to do events six months, a year. I don't know how long it's going to be, but I have no intention to let anyone go from our events department. But that being said, it doesn't mean that you guys don't do anything until events is back on. So what is going to shift is for those of you that's going to be on events, we're going to double down on virtual stuff even more. So for those of you in events, this is how you are going to pivot into right? If X, then Y. So walk them through the reality of it all. And what I told them as well is during a time like this, this is when I would require everyone to really step up and give your 110%. Yeah. 100% to the business and that additional 10% to our audiences, our customers, our buyers, and the people that we serve. Because all the more, this is a time when they really need us. Okay. And I will do the same. I'll lead by example. I said, um, our bi-weekly coaching calls, we're going to do it every single week now um, and just do it an extra bonus for all those people. So we're just thinking of ways to serve our community better. So, 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 so step number one for those of you that's in trouble is to really determine which scale are you on. Um, I believe that, yes, if a person's in the airline business, hotel business, um, that might be required to lay off half the thing because you can't even operate yeah. but the other end would be just keeping everyone because you love everyone okay but the middle ground is to have that difficult conversation yeah. now once you have that difficult conversation that is when you as the leader would need to think about pivoting that that sales process that message and bringing things online mm. yeah I, I really like that because like um, as much as I was asking things about like what to do but what you mentioned was like two very important, two very important skill set, which is like leadership and communication with the team. Um, because what you mentioned was like having a full transparency, having a proper conversation with the team and, you know, letting, giving them more like certainty of like what should they expect. I really like that. Uh, I really like the part that, that you just mentioned. Yeah. Which is like having a conversation even first, even, you know, before you even execute a plan. Yeah. Right. So, and, and, yeah. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, so, so with that, that is when I would talk about 
the tactics or the execution of it all, okay? How are we going to pivot based on what's happening in the world right now? So it really depends on that person's business model, right? If a person's a, a tuition center, a gym, um, how can we bring that experience online? Can we do a virtual workshop? Um, are we able to do the workout so that people meet us on Zoom? Um, if you are doing events, how can you bring it to virtual events, webinars, um, virtual summits, right? Um, pivot. If we are, if you are in F and B, in fact, I thought it was brilliant. Just, I think yes, yesterday, I saw um, an ad from T Live, uh, Brian Liu talking about how, like, literally in just a few days, he came up with a home. He's in retail right now where you could let literally get these, you know, you can utilize a homemade bubble tea from home where you do it yourself. That's brilliant, right? So this is really pivoting based on where the market is. If, if you are in f and I'm thinking about um, whatever it is, can you put it in kits now and go online, go live and show people, do cooking shows. Show them that if you are selling suyo or, or roasted barbecue pork or whatever it is, right? Show them how it's prepared. And then if you want to buy it, give them the training video together with the food so that now people can cook from home and now it's entertaining because that's what people are doing. They're just stuck at home. They're bored. They don't just want food to survive. They, they still want experiences. Right, but they can't entertain themselves because the only entertainment they have now is Netflix. That's kind of like it, right? They're, they're all stuck at home. So if you give them stuff to do all the more because people are bored, they would want to buy your stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, would, I would also assume that like, even when things go back to normal, it wouldn't exactly be back to normal, right? It will be those businesses that are willing to at least communicate, build relationship with their customers right now, uh, do something different, and at the end of the day, they're going to get a huge boom in their business when everything goes back to normal. And the reason why people will remember that is because you would be one of the few people that continue to give them value, that continue to build that relationship, that continue to serve them when everyone else was trying to play smaller. And that is why it's even more important now to serve your audiences and be there for them. Because when this storm is over, the only ones that will be left standing and be remembered were the ones that continue to serve their people well. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you a bit more about like your specific business because you especially, because you do a lot of live events. So uh, I'm sure you are pretty affected. As what you mentioned earlier, you shifted a events lot. Events is zero. We lost so much money in the last two weeks because of canceling the event, postponing the event. Uh, I, I put up a pretty dramatic video on an event that I canceled in Poland. So I was in Poland about to do my event. And the night before, I got a call from the hotel saying that the prime minister just made an announcement that all foreigners will need to leave the country within 24 hours. If not, there'll be no way to leave the country, um, kind of like indefinitely, but for at least the first two weeks. And I real. And I realized, first of all, I paid for it. Everything was happening. I, the participants, some participants already flew into the event. Everything was fully paid for. And that one weekend, I lost about 130K 
um, by canceling the event and refunding people. And uh, it was a huge hit. And in fact, just what day is it today? Today's Sunday. Right now, I'm supposed to be doing an event in Singapore um, that we have to postpone as well. Yeah. Um, so yes, definitely live events is, is, it took a huge hit and uh, it would be, so now it's all about pivoting, yeah. right? Yeah. So you, meant, you mentioned about pivoting online and doubling down on uh, your online funnels and ads. Um, any specific uh, things that you are really focusing on right now? Yeah, so for our live events, one of the things that we're going to be doing is we're going to do like a, a virtual summit. This virtual summit is going to take place um, after the whole traffic secrets thing is done. Then we're going to funnel people into that uh, virtual summit. It's going to be a, a, a two-day uh, uh, training. No, three days. Three-day training. Um, and uh, so online workshops, online summits, um, dedicating 30 minutes every day on content creation on social media, and really just everything online. Mm. You know, from content creation to funnels to, 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 to online workshops. Yeah. And... Do you think that when, go, when things go back to normal, which is like probably another maybe six months even, like do you think it will, um, your, do you think your business model would, would, would have uh, shifted and changed? Oh, 100%. 100%. Because, because of the questions that we've been asking in the last one week and doing things that normally we wouldn't do, because very similar to a lot of people, I have had a very comfortable life for a very long time, right? So because of that, I, there are a lot of things I just don't look at because I, I don't need to look at it. But now that I'm stuck at home and there's really nothing to do, I can't travel, I can't go on a holiday. What, like, so for me, I would just look at things that I normally never look at. And I realized that, number one, there are a lot of things that we were doing that didn't even make sense. Mm -hmm. I realized that, there were some parts of our business model that was actually a lot more profitable than it actually was. At the same time, I realized that there were some ad campaigns where we were running for a really long time, but those ad campaigns, because nobody was really looking at it, it was um, um, just about breaking even But when we, when we thought it was. So we, we saw a lot of, we had optics on a lot of different things. Um, and we asked a lot of questions that we normally would never ask if not for this crisis. So, so yes. Mm. Well, um, thanks. Thank, thank you for the answer and, and being so transparent about all, everything that you're doing, and you know, even being open about like you losing money in the events. I think that's not hard for most people to share. Reality is the reality. I mean, um, I think that um, it's even more important not to just share wins, which is what many people just do. They they just show like the sizzle reel. But I think that if we want to lead, educate, and inspire, it's also equally important to share with people the wounds and the losses after it happens so that they can actually also see that it's all not just rainbows and unicorns, but, you know, you know real life. Yeah. yeah. Real, real. Yeah. Being vulnerable and sharing what, what's going on behind the scenes, right? Yeah, I'm gonna end it with one last question. It's a bit more fun. It's not more on business, but what do you miss most right now? Like, if the whole lockdown will go away, uh, when life goes back to normal, what's gonna be the first thing that you're gonna do? Um, it would be to to hug my parents. Wow. Yeah. Wow. How, how long have you not seen them? 
I've been doing a FaceTime with them um, every day, but um, like you mentioned, you know, because it's it's a time of reflection, um, I realized that you know it's 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 human instinct that when something is taken away from you, um, you you tend to appreciate more, right? But I and I realized that that um, now that the option of visiting them is out, I realized that wow, you know, that's. Mm-hmm. Um, it's only when we lose something do, do we do we appreciate it even more yeah yeah. thank you so much for the answer like, I didn't expect that and uh, thanks for being open about it yeah I, I, I think I, I will end with this okay I think that um, this whole virus thing there, there, there's a lot of different things that it, it can actually teach us in a very weird twisted way which is up to us, which is optional on whether we see it or not. And uh, first one is that there, as humans, we are all equal. This virus doesn't care about your, your passport that you hold. It doesn't care about your skin color, your religion, your beliefs. It doesn't care. It doesn't discriminate. Yeah. It, it, it also shows that um, it's a reminder that life is short and that we're all just mortals. And this is just one of the many ways that we could die from, you know, if it's not a sickness, if it's not an accident, um, and that we, we are all mortals and it's, it's just another way that we could all die from. But death itself can be a huge motivator to, to wake up and do something that's, that's actually meaningful. But whether we see it or not, it's, it's something else. I think that also it could teach us, you, talk, you talked about uh, being materialistic just now. And the truth is, for a very long time, I have been, my, my whole life, I have actually been guilty of that. Um, my story is, as a kid, somehow, because I couldn't afford a lot of these branded things, um, I wanted it even more. So as a kid growing up, to me, it's like, wow, a, a, a Rolex watch to me, like that's 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 like a dream, you know. To me, like wow, a, a Louis Vuitton pair of shoes, you know. So so I grew up because I couldn't afford it. As a young adult, I I wanted even more, but I think that in in this crisis, we realize that now it is the bare essentials. It is eggs, rice, bread. That's constantly out of stock. Like I try to go to Tesco every week and deliveries like eight days right now, you know, on Tesco. So it goes to show that all of the different things that, that we thought was important, that I thought was important when we're being materialistic about stuff is that in, in, in really times when things are serious, you realize you're not even thinking about those things. You're thinking about back to the basic stuff, you know, food, yeah. you know, toilet paper, Right. Um, yeah. And, and it's this whole thing, it, it could be, it could be the end or it could be the beginning. It could be the beginning of something great to do things differently, to reflect on what's really important to us. Um, our friends, our family, uh, the people that we have in our life and appreciate them even more because sometimes it might just take a whole crisis to just realize and make humans wake up from, the things that was in front of them all along, but just never saw it. Yeah. Yeah. 
thank you so much for for sharing that. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Um, before I end uh, this interview, I just want to ask, like, where can they find you? And I know that you have a couple of resources, and and these resources are more important now than ever, right? Creating videos, social media. Uh, so where can they find you, and what are some of the resources that you recommend uh, for them to look into? Um. So for me, I'm actually rolling out a brand new series of tactical videos on my YouTube channel. It's going to be like a quarantine edition, how to work from home. Uh, and uh, I'm going to roll that out in about two weeks from now. But YouTube, I've been very consistent in publishing content. That's one way to just, or follow me on social media. Um, number two is if somebody wants to shift from being a social media consumer, where you're just watching other people's stuff, but now producing it, a great way to get started is through my challenge. You can go to videoschallenge.com. It's a 21-day challenge where I show you strategically how to get started uh, in terms of creating content, creating ads that you can use strategically in getting more leads and more visibility. Yeah, that's good. Uh, that's a good one. So like when I, when I first started doing video, that was like kind of like the first one that push, pushes me out uh, to start creating video for myself. So yes. I, I swear by that. So yeah. Thank you so much for, for having me. Um, it was awesome. Yeah, thanks for being on the show. Appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, this is Gabriel again. And really quickly, I just want to thank you so much for listening to the Story Impact Show. I hope you have enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Don't forget to drop me a review on iTunes and your comments will help me greatly in creating more killer content like this just for you. And if you want to stay up to date with all my content, upcoming podcasts, events and much more, please jump onto my website at www.heygabrielwong.com.